The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. So please quickly register if you've not registered. They will close the registration in a few minutes. All right, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. And our goal this morning is to teach um, and to give a good understanding of what the Holy Spirit does in the life of a believer, thereby creating appreciation for him and invariably cooperating with him. One of the attributes we learned last week as the Holy Ghost is like a dove, very gentle bird. Um, if you do anything aggressive towards any bird, talk less of a dove, the bird will fly away. So the Holy Ghost will not force his will on the Christian. The onus is supposed to be on you and I to find out what the Holy Ghost is supposed to do and cooperate with him. And then he begins to do these things in our lives. Praise the Lord. So one who starts by introducing the anointing. This is the first thing the Holy Ghost does for us. He anoints us. He anoints us. Remember we said last week every Christian already has the Holy Spirit. You get the Holy Spirit the moment you get born again. So if you are born again, there is no reason under heaven why you should not be anointed. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor this morning, are you anointed? Do you know you are anointed? Do you feel anointed? And most importantly, are you manifesting the anointing? See, when a believer is not manifesting the anointing, it's because the Holy Ghost is not working in that believer's life as the Holy Ghost ought to or as the Holy Ghost wants to. The first ministry that the Holy Ghost does in our lives is that he anoints us. So let's talk about that, the anointing, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, watch this, with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus was able to do the things he did in life and in ministry because he was anointed. You and I are only going to be able to do the things we are supposed to do of God in life and ministry when we are anointed. Without the anointing operating in our lives, and please remember it's the Holy Ghost that anoints us, we will look weak. We will look powerless. Our lives will look meaningless. And that will not be our story in Jesus' name. The above scripture talks about the anointing upon Jesus. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And note that the anointing carries power. It's like water and wet. Praise the Lord. I don't know whether you understand that statement, water and wet. If you come and ask me for water, it's water you want. But by me giving you water, whether it's that you drink it or I pour it on you, automatically you will get wet. Because wet is a characteristic of water. The same way power is a characteristic of the Holy Ghost. By you getting the anointing, there will be power in your life. Hallelujah. To anoint means to rub or smear on. All of us really know, we know what the anointing is. When you put cream on your head or on your skin, you are anointing your hair or your skin. We don't use that vocabulary or that word in our discourse today, but that's what it means, to rub something on. That's what it means, to anoint. It can even mean to pour on. So when you take your bath and you pour water on yourself, you are anointing yourself. 
But you see, all those ones are natural anointings that will not give you any power when you are faced with financial challenges or health challenges and all that. So some people are anointed with water. Some people are anointed with pomade and Vaseline and Nivea and all those things. What you need to learn to do is to be anointed with the Spirit. Glory be to God. Amen. Glory be to God. So God rubbed and smeared. When they said God anointed Jesus, this is what God did. God took the Holy Ghost. Or when we say God is anointing you, he rubbed and smeared Jesus with the presence and the personality of the Holy Spirit. So the presence of the Holy Spirit is always followed by his personality. If I am there, my, pers- my personality will be there. And the personality of the Holy Spirit is what we refer to as the anointing. Amen. Amen. Now, it's important to understand this. The anointing of the Holy Spirit, which Acts 10, 38 told us that Jesus had, is not limited to Jesus alone or to his life and his ministry. The same way the Holy, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost, you and I have been and can be anointed with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The anointing of God is applicable to every aspect of life. Of course, I'm just going to skip some of these things, so like we do, you read the rest at home. You might not be a worldwide evangelist or a healing evangelist doing miracles up and down the place like Jesus, fine. But bless God, that same power that Jesus had to do what he did can help you in your own work in life, particularly in line with your purpose in life. Hallelujah. 2 Peter 1.3 says, according as his divine power. And remember, the power is the characteristics of the anointing. So when we think see things like divine power, we are referring to the anointing of God. According as his divine power has given to us all things. How many things, somebody? All of them. Marital things, financial things, health things, career things, ministry things. The anointing helps in all things that pertain to life. Raising your children, managing your relationship with your spouse, managing your relationship with your boss and your colleague at work. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that called us to this power and virtue. So knowledge of these things helps us. And it does something to you when you know, number one, that you are anointed. And number two, that you are supposed to be walking in that anointing. At the very minimum, when you are not seeing that anointing operate in your life, you go back, okay, where am I missing it? What have I not turned on? What am I not doing that I ought to be doing? Hallelujah. The anointing of the Spirit is the divine power the above scripture is referring to. It has been given to every child. So that victory can be obtained in all aspects of our lives. Can I hear a loud amen? Amen. We are not supposed to be defeated in life as Christians. If we will walk in the anointing that God has made available for us by the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about the purpose of the anointing. Why did God give us the anointing? What, to what end? What is it supposed to be achieved? What is it supposed to achieve in our lives? And there's a lot of misunderstanding and misinformation about this. Um, some people think the anointing is for emotional display, all about emotional display. And 
uh, uh, permit me, please, I don't want to sound chauvinistic here, ladies in particular. It's not about screaming and jiggling. And, now, that can happen when the anointing comes upon you. Praise the Lord. Well, like somebody said, it's not what happens to you when you go down or when you fall down that matters the most. It's what happens to you after you get up. So if someone comes and does, ooh, and makes noise and screams, and they are still as broke as they were before we laid hands on them or prayed for them or prophesied, they didn't get anointed. Or the anointing did not work as it ought. They were just emotional. It's not for emotional display. Please, this is the part of knowledge, 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 knowledge. This is the part of knowledge, through knowledge. The power has been given to us, but it operates through knowledge. It's not for us to be emotional. Hallelujah. I love what Isaiah 10, 27 says. Look at this text very closely. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden, and God was referring to the enemy. The, I think it was the, um, I can't remember that country again. One of these nations that was always fighting the Israelites. Um, ash something. That's what God, the people God was referring to there. Those people used to dominate and oppress Israel. And God spoke to them in Isaiah 10, 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his body, referring to the enemy, shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So God anoints us so that the challenges and the problems we are faced with in life can be taken away and can be destroyed from our lives. Can somebody say an amen to that? And that should be your goal when you want to walk in the anointing. So, okay, maybe I'm challenged financially now. I should, by the help of the Holy Ghost, walk in the anointing of the Spirit. That's already inside of me. That that burden of poverty can be taken away. It can be a sickness. It can be a marital challenge. It can be a career challenge. The anointing is for life and godliness. And it's not for emotional display. It's for removing burdens and destroying yokes. Amen. And this is the good news. Again, my brother, my sister, I will say it as many times as I can today. You already have that anointing. If you are born again, you already have that anointing. And if you are not born again, you should get born again so that you can have that anointing. Because it's the anointing of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, we should understand the place of the anointing within and the anointing without. They are like two primary positions that the anointing of the Spirit should be in the life of a believer. One, the anointing within, inside you. That's the one you get when you get born again. The Spirit of God moves inside you and recreates your human spirit. And because you now carry the Holy Spirit within you, you automatically have the anointing of the Spirit within you. Let me hear someone shout this morning, I have the anointing of the Spirit within me. Now, you may not look like it, you may not feel like it, you may not walk in it, you may not know how to activate it, you may not be getting results by it, but please start by believing you have it. Why? The Bible says so. Shout out loud, I have the anointing of the Spirit. I can't hear you again. Say it, I have the anointing of the Spirit. Every Christian has that. The anointing within. 1 John 2, 27. But the anointing which you have received, present tense or past tense, or future tense. Which tense is that? Talk to me, somebody. You have received. When did you receive it? When you got born again. 
When was it made available? When Jesus died on the cross on your behalf. The anointing is available for every man. And every individual receives it when they get saved. Hallelujah. The anointing you have received abides within you. It's in your spirit. Glory be to God. And you need not any man to teach you, but that same anointing teaches you all things. Glory be to God. Again, the anointing being referred to in the above scripture is known as the anointing within. Hallelujah. Lay your hands on your belly this morning, just as a point of contact and faith. I have the anointing within me. Please hear very well the simple truth we are sharing with you this morning. That same thing that Acts 28 tells us Jesus had, you have it inside of you already. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what the main challenges are. Some Christians are ignorant of it. They don't know it. Or they don't believe it. I always tell you there are three major things. Ignorance, unbelief, or they are too lazy to walk in it. We need to watch out for those three things as believers. Ignorance, we don't know what God has given us. That's why we pray the kind of prayer we pray this morning in Ephesians 1.17. That God will enlighten the eyes of understanding. Unbelief, that's why we teach faith comment by hearing and hearing. Then diligence. You, like I said during the vigil, you practice. You should develop skill and competence in this thing. And it's just practice. The more you keep yielding to the anointing within, a time will come, it will become to you like second nature. I mean, I've shared this story over and over again. When I got into these things, I would be reading Kenneth Hagin's books those days, and he would talk about the fact that the, the, the revelation and the anointing would just come up like a butterfly. I was like, what is he talking about? I'm not feeling anything. But the more I yielded to my practice, exactly the same way. It just comes up like a butterfly. Because it's there. Hallelujah. It's there. If you will keep confessing and declaring it like the Bible says, it will become natural. Even though it's supernatural to you after a while. Amen. Look at what Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 and 16. Talking about you and I. Know ye not that you are the temple of God? I was telling our new members last Sunday. The church is not a building. Many people think church is a building. Church is not a building. Church is a people. We are the temple of God. Hallelujah. And that the spirit of God dwells inside of you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. John also declared in 1 John 4, 4, You are of God, little children. And you have overcome them. Them they are referring to the evil spirits and the devil. Why? Because greater is he that is in you. Referring to the Holy Ghost than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you. The Holy Ghost is in you. Hallelujah. Let me hear someone shout with us again this morning. The Holy Ghost is inside of me. That's not a shout. Shout it. The Holy Ghost is inside of me. Louder still. The Holy Ghost is inside of me. Now, let me paint a picture of pathetic to somebody this morning. It's to be carrying the Holy Ghost around on your inside, and then you are defeated in your life. That is sad. And again, there are only three reasons why that can happen for a Christian. Ignorance. He doesn't know because he didn't come for word wave. Or when he came for word wave and they were teaching it, he didn't listen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Unbelief. He came more, they taught him more, but he would rather believe the situation and circumstances than believe the Bible. How can they be telling me the Holy Ghost inside of me? If the Holy Ghost inside of me, why am I having these challenges? That's unbelief talking. 
your challenges does not nullify what God has written in the Bible. Amen. And the third one, which I think most of us are probably, we need to wake up to, that we don't fall into that one, slothfulness. Not diligent enough. Paul told Timothy, give yourself wholly to these things, that your profiting may appear. You walk it, you walk it, you pray it, you pray it, you meditate it. You keep doing it. After a while, it becomes second nature to you. And then daily, you will be enjoying the benefits. Praise the Lord. Say again, I am anointed. And look at what First John was telling us here. The one inside you is greater than anything coming against you. I mean, I don't have a problem. Give me a, a bill of, oh, Pastor T, tomorrow you need to pay $10 billion. If I have greater than $10 billion in my account, I don't have a problem. It only becomes a problem when what I have is less. And this is what the Bible says. The Holy Ghost is always greater. Hallelujah. Always greater. Amen. The presence of the Holy Ghost inside of you makes you several times bigger on the inside than on the outside. Glory be to God. We've got to learn to live from within. Amen. It's the function of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit inside the believer's spirit. That's what we mean when we are talking about the anointing within. This anointing teaches us and instructs us on what we should do as believers. Amen. Then there is another positioning of this anointing. The anointing upon. So the anointing should function within the believer. Then the anointing should also function upon the believer. What do we mean by the anointing upon? Luke 24 verse 29. And behold, watch the words of Jesus very carefully here. I send the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father there is the Holy Ghost. Upon you. Notice they didn't say within you this time. Upon you. But tiring the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Amen. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power after. Somebody shout after. I mean, we had a series of meetings here. I think it was last year. Until and after. Certain things only happen after. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So what the Bible actually teaches and expects is we get the Holy Ghost within when we get born again. We now need to learn to move that location. That's the primary location of the Holy Ghost upon us. By the help of the Holy Spirit, by the help of God, by the help of Jesus. And then certain things will begin to happen. You shall be witnesses for me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Verse, um, the previous verse said you will have power. In fact, yeah, Acts 1 says that power. After the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So Luke 24, 49 and Acts 1, 8 and several other scriptures, they refer to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, that's why in this church, every time we invite people to get born again and they respond, immediately we encourage them to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you need to learn how to operate the Holy Ghost or the anointing on these two levels, within me and upon me. And upon is talking about when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. The scriptures refer to the Holy Spirit coming up on the believer. That's what upon me, up. It comes up from within you and it rests on you. Comes up from within you and it rests upon you. When you get born again, it comes within you. Amen. And it comes upon the believer to endure them with power. 
That's what Jesus said in Acts 1.8. So the purpose of this anointing is different from the anointing within. The anointing within is to help us live, to teach us, to instruct us. The anointing upon is to endure us and enable us. Hallelujah. And we should walk with the anointing on these two realms. You can't pick one. Some people make that mistake. They don't get the Holy Ghost on them to help them to serve. And you need that. Hallelujah. Let me jump here. There are some of these things you can read because there are things we've already taught in this series and in church. Things like steps to being filled with the Holy Ghost and things like that. You can read all that up. Let's move to another ministry of the Holy Ghost. So the first ministry of the Holy Ghost is to anoint Christians. Christians ought to be anointed people. And when you understand that you are already anointed because the anointing is within you, and you learn how to get that anointing upon you, praying in the Holy Ghost particularly, we'll talk about that later on, you begin to operate in these things. Hallelujah. Look at the other ministry the Holy Ghost has been giving to us. These are things the Holy Ghost should be doing in our lives. Should anoint us. Number two, you should lead us. Romans 8.14 As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. We should never be without direction as believers because we have the Holy Ghost and is there to lead us, to guide us. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Now, that does not mean we will not be in situations where we need direction. What I'm saying is when you find yourself in such situations, you should know I have the Holy Spirit and his job is to lead me. So I don't know who to marry. I don't know which business to do. Or I'm faced with a decision at work. What am I to do? When you ever find yourself in those situations, you should learn to lean on the Holy Spirit for leading, for direction, for guidance. That's his job. You are not supposed to lead yourself. Your situations and circumstances are not supposed to lead you. Other men are not supposed to lead you. See, all these other options, many times they lead to failure and frustration in the future. There's a road that seems right unto men, but the end thereof are the roads of death and destruction. But anybody that we allow himself or herself to be led by the Spirit, you can be sure it will always end well for you. And I prophesy that will be your testimony in Jesus' name. The Holy Ghost leads us. Amen. And he leads us from our spirit. How does he lead us? That's what we need to learn. Number one, he leads us through the inward witness. Inward witness. You, you just know. Many people say these things. So, ah, something told me. I felt I should do that. But you see, because they have not learned that that is how the Spirit leads, some of them have not developed themselves to cooperate with that inward witness. And they do the other. They shut it down or they ignore it until the trouble has escalated. God primarily leads his children or the Holy Ghost primarily leads us through the inward witness or intuition. Sometimes he will give you a go ahead. Sometimes he will give you a red light. You, you just feel something that says, ah, I should have gone or I should not go. I should talk or I should not talk. Praise the Lord. Please, when you, from today, learn to yield and be sensitive to such things. When you just, it's a witness. You won't even many times don't know where it comes from. And what you need to develop is how to cooperate with that thing. 
Amen. Let me tell you how I developed this. When I heard about these things and I was taught about it, I started using it for everyday mundane things, like dressing. I would stand in front of my wardrobe maybe the night before the morning. What am I going to wear? There are five suits there. I would deliberately try and listen to which suit should I wear. Then suddenly, wear this one today. And I just started training myself to yield to that witness. I will be driving to work. There are three different routes to take. Which route should I take this? I, I, consciously. Because I was taught that that's how the spirit leads. It's not when you want to choose wife that you start practicing the inward witness. Or oh, some people don't even involve the Holy Ghost when they want to choose wife or husband. No, it's when you want to dress in the morning. I mean, that's what I did though. And it's helping me till forever. Because I learned that that's how it leads. Second way is an inward voice. Or what we call our conscience. Everyone has conscience. Now, the Bible talks about people that their conscience has been seared. People that keep repeatedly doing what they know they ought not to be doing. But for most people, the conscience is still alive. Romans 9.1, Apostle Paul speaking, I tell you the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. In other words, there's a voice in my head telling me to do this thing that I'm talking about. And again, you can train yourself to hear that voice. It's the voice of the Spirit. That's how the Holy Spirit leads us. You see, all these things are our human spirit communicating through our minds. Look at this text, Proverbs 20, 27. The first text in this section. The spirit of, the, of man is the candle of the Lord. And that's how we are supposed to live. We are supposed to be spirit-led people, our human spirits. And what the Holy Ghost is, does is that because the Holy Ghost dwells inside our spirits, now that we are born again, he witnesses to our spirits. And sometimes he speaks to our conscience. So sometimes we just feel like we don't hear a voice or anything. But we just, this is what I should do or this is what I should not do. Hallelujah. I mean, all of us have had these experiences if you really want to be sincere with yourself. And sometimes your conscience speaks to you. We also call the voice of conscience the still, small voice. It is actually the voice of your recreated human spirit. But the Holy Ghost speaks to your spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. So these are the two things you should develop yourself in hearing consciously. My advice is do what I did. Start training yourself. Mundane things. I mean, if I wear red suit or brown suit, it won't kill me. But if I marry wrong wife, like Reverend Femme will say, may you never she marry. <laughs> if you understand the meaning of the word she marry. For those of you that don't speak Yoruba, she means miss. Mundane things. If I go through Thodmelan Bridge or Ekorodu Road, at worst, an extra hour of traffic. Eh? But not that I invest my life savings in a business that now drowns. And for the next five years, I'm struggling financially. May you never she invest. Yeah. These, these are things the Holy Ghost has been given. And you know the Holy Ghost can never lead you to a wrong investment. He can never even lead you on a wrong road. You go saying, go to me, you are going to Kurodu Road. Okay, if you miss that one, you, you, you learn. Sometimes the way we learn is from mistakes. Practice yielding to the inward witness. Let me tell that to your neighbor. Practice yielding to the inward witness. And practice listening to the inward voice. 
you have these things. You are a spirit. You are just not training yourself in everyday things to use them. And let me tell you, one day you are going to have to pick a husband or a wife, for those of you that are not yet married. And one day you are going to have to make life-threatening decisions. And I'm telling you, when those times come, the best counsel you can have is the counsel of the Holy Ghost. But what if you are here, you don't know about the Holy Ghost leading you? And the Holy Ghost the devil will just be watching you, making the worst mistake of your life. That will never be your story in Jesus' name. This is how he leads us. Now, God uses other ways of leading us, but these ones are spectacular. They don't have to happen. Bold, authoritative voice of the Holy Ghost. You hear a loud voice. I've had that a couple of times in my life. That somebody just, as, and you turn, you say, there's nobody there. But you know you had a voice. Sometimes it's in visions and trances and dreams. Some people try to make these ones the primary way of God leading you. No. The devil can deceive you if you use these ones. The primary way is the first two we talked about. The inward witness and the inward voice. Can I hear a loud amen? Amen. What else is the Holy Ghost supposed to do in our lives? Third ministry. I'm only going to mention about four or five of them for you. To help us bear the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. This fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Watch what it now says. Against such. Hallelujah. There is no law. Amen. Now, the word law in Bible also refers to power or authority. When, you know that what the Bible is saying here is this. Look, if you can be the Christian that learns to bear the fruit of love, bear the fruit of joy, bear the fruit of peace, bear the fruit of faithfulness, patience, long-suffering, nothing will be able to dominate you in life. And the job of the Holy Ghost is to train you, teach you, guide you, empower you, lead you, develop you in bearing this fruit. When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we are not referring to the fruit of the Holy Ghost. We are referring to the fruit of your recreated human spirit. My brother, my sister, now that you are born again, you are supposed to be walking in love. Can somebody shout a loud amen? amen. You are supposed to be walking in peace and joy. You are not supposed to be depressed because it's November and the things you want to see are not happening. Mm, that's not bearing fruit. And if you live that way, things will continue to dominate you. Somebody say Tofi Akba. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bear fruits. And the Holy Ghost helps us to bear the fruits. That's his job. You don't fetch around these things, so. And I hear a loud amen. You'll just be struggling unnecessarily. No, you yield to the Holy Spirit. You lean on the Holy Spirit. You cultivate your relationship and your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And your human spirit begins to bear fruit of love, bear fruit of joy. I mean, look at what I told you yesterday. Just after, I just started feeling very happy, joyful. And it wasn't that anything happened. It's just that I just spent time in fellowship with God. That's how we are to live. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? The fruit of the Spirit is a result of the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence. The fruit is actually a product of our recreated human spirit, but we manifest it by the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Before the power of God that produces results can be experienced, it is needful for a believer. 
to develop himself. Tap your neighbor and say, my brother, my sister, develop yourself. Please catch what we are saying this morning. You see, these are the things that the Bible teaches that God has told us to develop and manifest in our lives. So have victory in life. All things that pertain to life and godliness. And rather than many Christians learning these things, focusing on these things, developing these things, some people are ignorant about them. Some people don't commit to them. And they are not developing them. And sometimes things are not happening. They ought to be happening. You now start looking for solutions elsewhere. Where you ought to sit down. I, I keep, I, the um, testimony of Joyce Meyer came to me again. I mean, if you don't know Joyce Meyer, she's a very popular tele-evangelist in America. Growing up, all her childhood days, her father used to sexually molest her. But she got born again after a while. And she said in her testimony, there was one year, she sat down and she studied nothing but love. One year. Just studying and learning that God loves me, God loves me, God loves me, and how to walk in love. Developing the fruit. That's what she did, though. Not that she tried to get a breakthrough contract or a breakthrough job. No. She shut down everything and just, because she had been so messed up by what happened. I mean, imagine your father sleeping with you for almost 10 years. She's one little girl till when she became an adult. Her own biological father. But she, she cultivated by the help of the Holy Ghost. After she got born again, the fruit of love. Today, she's helping women all over the world. This is how you overcome in life. That God has designed you. Rather than walking around as a Christian that has no temperance. No self-control. One small thing somebody says, you're already angry. Now, when you start seeing those kind of things manifest in your life, you should take a step back and know that there's something wrong with the way I'm relating with the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a dove. And you now start yielding with the Holy Ghost. Help me with temperance. Help me with self-control. And when you start living like that, against such, there is no law. Even if your father raped you all your life, you can still make something out of your life. Can I hear a loud amen? Because against such, there's no law. Matter how damaged the Nigerian economy is, if you will bear fruit of the Spirit, you will still survive. Not even survive, you will thrive. Hallelujah. By the help of the Holy Ghost. Fourth and final one this morning. And please, we want to take questions. So please, I know there may be some questions. For those of you that have learned this thing before, you're hearing these things. Let's start. You can, while I was teaching, if you have questions, you can write them down. We're going to have a discussion panel. Please let the panelists get ready. And we'll address as many as we can. Just to help you. Ah, your life will be beautiful. My brother. Hey, no, I'm not, I'm not prophesying. Mm, hear me, I've not finished my statement. <laughs> the amen is good, but that's not where I'm going. I'm telling you, your life will be beautiful or more beautiful if the Holy Ghost can just have his way in your life. Whoever you are. Again, it's not amen. Amen is not the right response to that kind of statement. The response is, okay, you know what, Holy Ghost, I'm going to have you have your way in my life. All of us. Pastor T, if the Holy Ghost can have greater more in your life, it's expression, your life will be far better than it is today. And that's what we need. We need to know his person and relate with him as an individual. And then we need to know what he's there to do. He's there to help you bear fruit. So that you should not be a believer that doesn't have joy. Or worse still, a believer that when they need joy, like you need in this year and season, they don't know how to cultivate it or to bear the fruit. No. That's why the Holy Ghost is there. That's his ministry. 
Amen. And when you can allow the Holy Ghost to begin to bear this kind of fruit in your life, I'm telling you, your life will be sweeter. Praise the Lord. Look at the fourth ministry. Maintaining a spirit-filled life. That's the fourth thing the Holy, the fourth thing the Holy Ghost is supposed to do. So all these things we've, we've, we've thought, and please, again, those of us that have gone through this class, I think this one is speaking to us. It's not just something you do for one year of your life and you stop. Then by year five, you are no longer being led by the Spirit. When you were on campus, you were led by the Spirit. When you wanted to get married, you were led by the Spirit. Now you are 10 years in your marriage, the Holy Ghost is no longer leading you anymore. It's, the Holy Ghost is not doing his job. Maintaining a Spirit-filled life. He's there to do that for us. So, thank God for the initial infilling of the Spirit. Despite that, a believer ought to maintain a Spirit-filled life. That's what Paul was talking about in Ephesians 5 from 18 to 20. Be being filled with the Spirit. It should be something you did 10 years ago, 5 years ago, this year, next year, 10 years from now. Hallelujah. And to be able to have that kind of consistency. It takes the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We are not supposed to figure on these things. Amen. In other words, you need a constant refilling of the Spirit. And this is how this is achieved. Number one, through the Word. These are two primary ways. The Holy Ghost, you know, when we talked about the indwelling anointing, John said he's there to teach us. Hallelujah. So you, you read your Bible, you meditate on your Bible, and the Holy Ghost begins to teach you things. And number two, through a consistent prayer life. Hey, I want to say it again, no. You are in this kind of church, and you are not developing a prayer life. You need rebuke, particularly if you've been here for a while. I can understand the person that just started coming to church. That one, you need correction. I read that scripture to you. Like, you need rebuke. This is a church that prays daily. Nobody should be a member and go stand in this church and doesn't have a consistent prayer life. Something is wrong. And the problem is not the Holy Ghost. And we need the Holy Ghost for these things. And when we are challenged in that area, we call on him, we yield to him. All of us from time to time are challenged with consistency. But bless God, hallelujah, we have a Holy Spirit that never sleeps nor slumbers. And it can help us to maintain. Praise the Lord. When God's word is abundant in our hearts, we will live a spirit-filled life naturally. Look at Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing you, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Amen. So we sing it in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We express um, the Holy Ghost in prophecy. Hallelujah. And as we just continue doing that by the help of the Holy Ghost, we are able to maintain. Let's look at what happened in the book of Acts as we close this morning. So Acts chapter 2, from verse 1 to 4, the Holy Ghost came upon them. Jesus told them in chapter 1, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you'll be filled with power and you'll be my witnesses. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost came. Verse 13, they said of them, these men are full of new wine. That the, the people saw them speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, rejoicing, and they thought they were drunk. And Peter said, no, it's not wine. No, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. 
what is happening, they are influenced by the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. What they are saying and what they are doing is because the Holy Ghost is enabling them. But it did not end in Acts chapter 2. Praise the Lord. By the help of the Holy Ghost, they were able to maintain that experience. Acts chapter 6, they wanted leaders in the church. And the apostles said, give us people that are full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. So look around the church. Who are the people that are still maintaining their contact with the Holy Ghost? Those are the people we should appoint as leaders. Don't appoint anybody. One of the people they picked was Stephen. Acts 6 says of Stephen, he was full of faith and power. Can someone confess that over their life this morning? I'm full of faith and power. I, I didn't hear your voice. Say, I'm full of faith and power. You see, this is what the Holy Ghost is supposed to help you to do. That is his job. And a good place to start is to start making confessions like that. Not that when we are making the confession on you, you are holding back your tongue. As if we are going to force it on you. Remember, the Holy Ghost is a gentle dove. Lift your hand, somebody this morning, and shout, I am full of faith and power. Amen. What happens when you are full of faith and power? He did great wonders and miracles among the people. May your life be a life of wonders. May there be wonders on your job. Wonders in your marriage. Wonders in your finances. Wonders in your ministry. Wonders in every area of your life. That's what happens when you allow the Holy Ghost to have his way in your life. You won't have to struggle. Remember the Holy Ghost is God. Hallelujah. And he can help you to be full of the things of God at all times. Acts 7.55. She's talking about um, Stephen. Praise the Lord. He being full of the Holy Ghost looked up seven into heaven and saw the glory of the Lord and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Stephen maintained a spirit-filled life. You see, there are some things that don't come until after. So if you have a problem with maintaining consistency. This is why sometimes Christians don't get the things they ought to get from God. They are here on Monday, they are not here on Wednesday. They are here in January, they are not here in March. No consistency. And some things need time to come to pass. So the Holy Ghost has been given to us to help us to remain consistent. Say with me, Holy Ghost, have your way in my life. Acts eleven twenty four, talking about Barnabas. He was a good man Full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. So the initial infilling was in chapter 2. But you read all through the book of Acts, they kept referencing people that were still full of the Holy Ghost. They maintained their infilling. Hallelujah. And it takes the ministry of the Holy Ghost to experience that. Romans 12, 11, not slothful in business, talking to you and I now, but fervent in spirit. We ought to be full, fervent in spirit. Amen. Serving the Lord. Praise the Lord. Final note here. You should spend enough time praying in the spirit, meditating on scripture, studying the word, confessing the word, doing the word, praising God and worshiping him, praying in other tongues. All these things will help you to maintain a freshness of your spirit at all times. And all those things you can do, not in your power, but by the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Hallelujah. I mean, please, as I close this morning, think about the record of the apostles in the book of Acts. These were ordinary people. In fact, 
In Acts chapter 4, they call them ignorant and unlearned men. But something happened to them that Jesus told them will happen to them. Acts chapter 1, Jesus said that when the Holy Ghost comes, you will receive power. Acts chapter 2, they received that Holy Spirit and they turned the world the right side up. You and I, yes, you may not be a preacher. We are not, this is not about preaching. This is about fulfilling God's purpose and plan for your life. Allow the Holy Ghost have his way in your life. Glory be to God. And you'll be amazed the wonders God will bring forth out of your life. Come on, leave those hands where you are. Can the panelists please begin to come up and just say, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh this morning. Help me to know you more and more. And help me to walk in the life you've called me to live. And help me to live in the fullness of God's purpose and plan for my life. Open your mouth and talk to him. 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 Ask him to help you. If you are, if you are challenged with remaining consistent, particularly in the things of God, that's when you invite the Holy Ghost in. Ask him to help you to remain consistent. If you are confused, you, you, you don't know what to do, you don't have direction for your life, ask the Holy Ghost to give you direction. That's what he's there for. Come on, open your mouth and pray. Don't look, pray. The Holy Ghost is here. Oh, yalababa. If there's no power in your life, no power to live right, no power, you're, you're, you just seem to be weak, you are tired, you are discouraged, you need to ask the Holy Ghost within you to begin to rise up and strengthen you. There's something called the anointing within. And if you're here, you're struggling to serve God and to serve humanity, there's no power in your life that you can use to help people. Ask the Holy Ghost to come upon you every time you pray in the Spirit so that you'll be endued with power from on high. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good? Your life can be a life that blesses other people when the Spirit within you comes upon you. Come on, pray, pray. Talk to Him this morning. Talk to Him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We invite you to have your place in our lives. In the name of Jesus. I pray over you, particularly as we come to this year in season, that you will not be that Christian that is living a life void of the Holy Ghost. Trying to fed your own life. Trying to do things in your own ability or in the ability of men. The Bible says, woe to him that relies on the arm of flesh. But rather, you'll be that Christian that knows how to rely on the Holy Spirit. And every aspect of your life, it is spirit-led and spirit-driven in the name of Jesus. And may the Holy Ghost reveal himself to you more and more in this season. And those areas where you seem to be struggling, may you open the door and create a way for the Holy Ghost to step in. And have his way in your life. In Jesus' mighty name. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0640